One of the fastest ways to drive leads that are going to purchase for you is cold calling. But so many people do it incorrectly. So many people are scared of it. So many people don't use the right tech for it. So I wanted to make sure that you had all of the answers. That's why I brought Kevin Hop on the show. He's from Hop on Calls. You may have seen his show. He is an expert cold caller, and he walks us through all of the exact tech to use, the techniques to use, the ways of doing it, when is the right time to have us an outsource team, should you go outsource, should you have an in-house team, all of the outbound cold calling stuff you need to know is right here. Check it out. Enjoy it. Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Hello, welcome to Sastery in the Making. I am your host, Matt Wallach, and we are here to help you grow and scale your software company. I am really happy to have you here. Thank you for coming. And I'm extremely happy to have my special guest, Kevin Hop, with me. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Absolutely. Let me tell everybody about you so they know who you are. So Kevin, he's the founder at Hop Consulting Group. And what he does, hyper-specific advisory consulting for SaaS seed and A-stage startups looking to build a high-performing outbound sales team. He's also the chief cold caller at CallBlitz, where they do cold calling, really evangelizes cold calling culture and helps reps that get cold called. And they help to uh, you know leverage technology to make sure that they're driving all kinds of amazing outbound success. So when it comes to outbound, when it comes to cold calling, Kevin is the man. He knows his stuff. Once again, Kevin, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, well, you know, I'm happy to be here and I've heard a few of your episodes. So it's a little bit of a uh... A little bit of like, wow, like I'm I'm on, I'm on a stage here. This is awesome. So <laughs> it's like, wow, I heard that. Now it's me doing that. Other people are going to hear me. Very cool. Well, tell me what's been going on with you lately, and what do you have coming up? So uh, I'm I'm uh, what about two and a half months into a new project here. So I I have my own podcast. It's called Hop on Calls, uh, and it's a it's a pivot. I had a podcast called the Sales Career Podcast for a while. So now I'm doing a podcast called Hop on Calls where I actually do what I say I'm good at, which is actually, I don't know if you're seeing this out there, but it's kind of rare for people to actually kind of say, yeah, let me let me teach you how to do something in business, but then I'm gonna show you. I'll do it live. So Hop On Agreed. Call today is a live show that I do every Tuesday on LinkedIn. And then I turn the best moments of that live show into a podcast, I got a sponsor, it's a, it's a whole cool thing. So that's like the one of the bigger things I've been working on. But the consulting business is starting to, it's really starting to take off. Um, there, I've got a lot going on in terms of folks that are looking to solve the, the outbound equation. Pardon me. So, so they're saying things to me like, hey, Kevin, how do we do more with less, right? I, I, I don't have the budget to go get a bunch of headcount. In fact, our company just did layoffs. How do we make the people that we have really, really effective when they go outbound? And how do I still grow my company despite what might be going on in the world, right? With the talk of recession and all that stuff, inflation, so much negative stuff when you turn on the news. There are still ways to do the old-fashioned things in business in a very new school way. And that's what I specialize in. I love that. And I can speak your show amazing. And the fact that you're actually doing stuff and people can watch and see exactly the master at work and how he does it. I think that's fantastic. I agree. There's a lot of people out there who 
you know, don't practice what they preach. They just say, do this, do this, but they're not actually doing it or they've never done it. And that's disappointing. So I'm glad that you're out there doing it. You're showing people exactly how to do it. And if you are trying to uh, set up outbound calling or set up an out, out, outbound process within your organization, or maybe you have SDRs or you are an SDR, definitely go check out his show, Hop on Calls. It is super, super awesome. I want to ask you, because you've talked about this before, what's the difference between cold calling and outbound calling? Um, the difference between cold calling and outbound, um, well, not all outbound calling is cold, I guess you could say, right? Mm -hmm. So all cold calls are outbound, but not all outbound calls are cold is a really good way to put that. You mm -hmm. can call to get a phone first approach to calling MQLs, marketing qualified leads, right? So I don't think enough people do that, by the way. Oh yeah. I, I, one they of the first things... Sit. Right. To that point, one of the first things I always do when I start working with the client is I say, hey, uh, show me in your CRM lost ops more than six months ago and show me any trade show you've been to, any webinar you co-hosted, any number of people who downloaded an ebook. And then I take all those people and I say, cool, let's call them. And they say, well, well, we thought that if they, you know, they came to the website that they would call us if they were interested. So we didn't want to bug them. And I'm like, that's not how this works. That's not how sales works. So you got to make that outbound call, but it, you get to have a bit of a different tone, which is nice. Um, cold calling, you have to be very defensive of both your time and their time. And you have to realize that you're a big interruption, right? And with cold calling, you're only going to reach, yeah, you know, 70% of your market. You can't reach everybody with cold calling because there are just those people out there. We all know them. It might be you listening to this podcast. Well, I don't take cold calls. I'm, I'm way too important to take a call. Is this an unsolicited call? Is this a solicitation? Yeah. Okay. So that 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 exists everywhere, and that's about you know one in every five, one in five, one in six people is that person who will not take a cold call. So you have to be doing omni-channel. So um, multiple channels of outreach is is a best practice. I just happen to specialize in the one that is the fastest, most effective and uh the hardest to get right it's cool yeah I, I would agree why do you think it's so hard to get right why do people mess up with it so much people mess up because you know and i've i I've, i'm on this block and it's a weird block to be on but i'm on the block of cold calling is dead now pause wait what do you kevin you said cold calling is dead don't you have a cold calling show Aren't you a cold calling consultant? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I am. So here's what cold calling used to be. You pick up this little thing called the telephone and you look at a list and you punch in 10 digits and then you lift it up to your ear and you wait for it to ring. Okay, that's cold calling as my dad's generation was taught, right? Or, or even like, you know, someone who's even 10 years older than me. I'm 31. Sure. Someone who's in their 40s probably had their first sales job where they were, they were either pounding digits on a phone or maybe click the call, maybe. But mm. that style of outbound calling is dead. Now, why is it dead? Because you can go do it. Go do it. I, I recommend anyone go do it, go try it. It's going to be what we call inefficient, like highly, highly inefficient. And that's because, number one, um, more and more people are using robo-spam machines. Okay, so robo spam hits everybody's cell phone. Everybody listen to this, you get those calls where you hate it. It looks, the number might look kind of familiar. You pick it up. 
hello, sir or madam. We've been trying to reach you about the vehicle's extended warranty, right? That kind of stuff. That lowers your pickup rate, right? That makes it so much harder when I, an a trained, educated sales professional, want to have a selling business conversation. I have to fight the fact that this person's phone is getting blown up by those people. The next thing you got to fight is the idea that how do you find the right accurate number for everybody? Turnovers at an all-time high, right? With COVID, it went from, hey, I used to be able to call an office line and, and punch in you know, extensions and maybe ring your desk phone and someone walking by would pick it up and you had way more connections. And Since COVID, the emphasis has shifted majorly to mobile phones. So now mobile phone data is expensive. It is. It just is more expensive than particularly email data. A lot of teams go from buying email data and they say, hey, Kevin, all right, so how do we get phone numbers? I'm like, well, here's what it might cost. It's five times as expensive to buy wow. phone data, good phone data, as opposed to email. Because email is dime a dozen. If you send a thousand emails with one click and you know a hundred of them bounce, there's no time wasted there. There's no energy wasted there. And there's really not a lot of harm done. I mean, there is harm done on the back end and you don't want to trash your domain and all things like that. But so cold calling is dead because you have to have a really solid strategy and process and then leverage technology on top of it to make it so you're pressing a button and you're calling a bunch of people at once. And when you mm -hmm. call a bunch of people at once, we're gonna find the people that pick up the phone, we're gonna find the people that are willing to have conversations, and then we can move very quickly. And then I, I'm an expert at all things process, structure, strategy before we get to the point of making the call. But then it turns out I'm also a geek about like what goes on in the call. I have an online course, it's Cold Calling 101. You guys can go to my website and find it if you're if you want to level up your cold calling game. Any one person can take it. Um, uh, so I'm I'm geeky about every piece of it. Like you have to be really good in the conversation, but you have to have a structure and a process to how you even get to that conversation. I totally agree. So, what are some of the best outbound processes or, or structures that are working well for you and your clients now? Great question. Um, it's it's not rocket science. <laughs> It's really not. I, I have a I have a degree in psychology. All right, like I'm not I'm not like some great degree for sales, by the way. It it's been fantastic for me. I tell you what, it's it's working yeah. out great. But um, the process is it sounds so simple that people are going to say, "Well, is that it?" But here's how simple it is: when you're making a calling list, you have to be much more picky than when you're making an email list. Once again. What, what's the cost in terms of time, ego death, you know, things like that. If you send an email to a CEO and that CEO reads it and hits delete, there's no cost. It took very little to no time for you to do that even, right? Mm -hmm. what, what's the cost if you get on the phone with the CEO and you talk to him about a message that should be delivered to a director of IT or someone like that? Talking about business challenges that a CEO just doesn't deal with. The CEO, their answer to most things is, dude, I pay somebody to take care of that. Mm -hmm. Go talk to them. Like my, my job, a CEO's job is to the biggest, the highest level, 30,000 foot view of what this company needs to do to survive and thrive, right? It's not, they're not in the minutia. So the process that sounds so simple is you need to build your list very specifically and you build them very specifically based on the value of what you do for your prospect, the value of what you do for your prospect. So 
that means that you're not going to have a VP of IT and a CEO in the same lead list. You're not going to have a board member and a director of customer success in the same lead list. And this is kind of a radical idea for some people out there who, if all you do is you do a giant Zoom info search and you go, okay, yeah, here's a thousand people. I'm going to rip this and hit go on the emails and I'll get something here. It'll go through the cadence. Like that's how a lot of outbound teams operate. When you mm-hmm. do phone, because it's a one-to-one connection and you're actually talking to a live person, to optimize for that process, you should make it so that every conversation in one list is the same. So when I hit go on a list of VPs of IT, I know my value. When I hit go on a list of CEOs, I know my value. And I can have a singular talk track as I have these conversations. And that's how you solve for that. Because a lot, the other, the, the, the next thing that someone listening to this might be thinking is, oh, auto dialers. Oh, that's that's kind of spammy and calling too many people at once. I can't, I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm not trying to, you know, one of the pushbacks I get, Matt, is we are strategic here. We don't dial for dollars. Okay, all right, I, I hear you. But how many strategic cold conversations is your team having every day? Can you tell me that? Can you tell me that number? Do you understand what it takes to get into those conversations? Because I can set up a cold calling process to get you into very strategic conversations. Right. It's it doesn't matter if you're dialing for dollars or if you're not. The dialing for dollars aspect of it would be if you really didn't care who's on the list, right? Like, does the robo spam company care who's on the list? No. Every mother, brother, cousin, sister, you know, they, them, he, she, we at they, everybody's getting a call asking about your your car's extended warranty. That's dialing for dollars, right? Mm-hmm. What I do in B2B tech is very strategic right and it doesn't matter if you're selling a million dollar a year enterprise solution or if you're selling a you know 150 dollars a month widget um there's probably a spot in there to set up a phone process where you're getting the net new conversations with prospects yeah i totally agree i love the process that you have every time i talk with you i'm like oh yeah it just gets me so energized i'm always about process those of you who work with me they always talk about that as well so i'm glad you are but let me ask you this, and I, I have I have my thoughts on it, but I want to see where you come from. You're, you're you're running a sales team, and you're trying to figure out. Okay, I need to find out who's going to go outbound. I need to find out a way to close these leads. Do you do you like specializing and having different roles for different things, or do you like more of a full cycle person who's going to do all of those things and try to figure out how to find time for each one? What do you think? I do believe that the argument for full cycle versus a specialized kind of the the classic uh, Aaron Ross predictable revenue model, right? Which 90% of tech companies are doing today, which is you have the SDR sales development function, which is separate from the AEs, the closers. Then you might have levels in your AE organization, SMB, mid-market enterprise. You might have a channel sales division. The idea of turning it into a formulaic process, it works really well but it, it's only for com- complex solutions. It's like That's mm-hmm. my argument, right? There is a price point, number one, of what you're saying or of what you're selling, like a, like a revenue number that, you, that on a spreadsheet needs to make sense that one person can generate. And there's a complexity that needs to be there, as in it's not a one-call close. It's, not, it's probably not a two-call close. Maybe it's a three- to four-call close. And it makes a lot mm-hmm. more sense to have someone specialize on how to get these deals done versus having a full cycle person. So Mm -hmm. the rule of thumb 
it, it, you know, the takeaway from this podcast, if you're listening and you're a founder and you're saying, well, I'm not sure if I need to hire an SDR or if I need to hire a full cycle AE, is your sales cycle less than 30 days, one, and is your uh, your your annual recurring revenue from what you sell, is it less than $5,000? Those are the two rules of thumb that I come across. Now, it could be very different. This is just one, one flavor of ice cream, right? Matt, you might have different rules of thumb for it. But that's the way that like I tell founders is like if it's not over five thousand dollars and it's not um, it's not complex, then you should probably have a full cycle uh, full cycle rep selling that right, setting their own meetings and closing it in, in fast sales cycle, thirty days or less. That's kind of the idea. Mm -hmm. So that, that's that's the way I think about it. Love it. I love that you have those parameters. For me, it's it's about focus. So uh, every time I've tried in the past to have full cycle reps. They, they end up leaning towards more of the closing stuff and they don't allocate or spend enough time on the upfront stuff, generating those leads, keep, keeping people focused, keeping people moving through the pipeline. And so what ends up happening is you, you start to have a real gap in that top of the pipeline stuff and it, it's, it's, it gets pretty nasty. So for me, I like specializing. You're right. It has to make sense. The numbers have to bear out to make sure it makes sense, but yeah, I totally agree. It's 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 good to have it. Once you get those numbers, once the numbers are looking good, it's it's absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. I'd agree. Sure. So uh, let's say let's say they're thinking, okay, all right, I need an outbound sales team. What what should they do versus you know outbound uh, in an outsource scenario or hiring a team in house? How do you weigh that? I I mean, <laughs> I'm a really good I'm a really good guy to ask. So I, I've been the first hire at two separate outbound as a service agencies today that's not what i do and that's not uh i'm no longer at those companies i'm no longer with them but i spent a lot of time cumulative about you know, three years of my life doing outsourced sales development so i can be i can tell you from a lot of experience the pros and cons okay the pro you turn it on quickly right an outbound agency should not take more than a few days to start producing. Now, what does producing mean? Is producing only considered when you are setting meetings? Maybe. Or could there be insights gathered from it? Maybe. Right. But you turn it on very quickly as opposed to going and hiring. Right. If you go and hire somebody, um, what I have found is the bell curve of mediocrity is, is very true. Right. So if we, if we just look at a, 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 uh, a, a standard bell curve, right? Uh, in the middle is where you're going to find most people. And that, and that, the bell curve is the capability, right? The capability to be like very autonomous and a quick learner and think on my feet and execute, and do things without asking. Sure. That's a tail end. That's not average. The average mm -hmm. person you hire needs a lot of handholding. They need a lot of training. They need a lot of enablement. They, and they absolutely need this stuff without that. They're they're not gonna they're they're not gonna do very well. It's just gonna be a waste of time and money. So, um, do you have time? Do you have enablement? Do you have someone to train this person? If the answer is no to all those things, are you willing to invest in the long term, knowing that it's going to the the cost model on sales development is upside down for a while? It's mm -hmm. not a right. So for if you do outsource, it can your time to value is faster, but your lifetime value for the money is lower. 
because it's coin operated. As soon as you stop putting the coins in, things stop dropping out, right? Mm -hmm. If you own all the systems and you get your own team internally, you gain a ton of insights and you can do long-term analytic projects on things, right? Like you should be using a tech stack that is completely integrated, meaning the, the contact data comes into a CRM, which goes to a sales acceleration tool, may or may not use a dialer on top of that, but all the data should be completely connected. It's, it's almost 2023. The fact that like people are using tech stacks that like are completely siloed blows my mind. So mm -hmm. if you set that up, bringing on a sales team internally is expensive, but I'm telling you from experience, the lifetime value of it is going to be an incredible amount of knowledge, learning, insights, aggregation of things over time that you don't get from a coin operated meeting setting service, right? And that is like probably the biggest con for meeting setting services is it is coin operated. They only want to get you meetings because meetings are what you're buying. And you're going to miss all the things that they learn because delivering those insights to you as the client is really difficult, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lot mm -hmm. easier if you have an employee who could slack you really quick or could send you something really quick and has like their development and they're, they're, they're more bought into the success of the, the bigger picture and the company sure. as a whole. So that's, that's, uh, that's how I would think about it, right? So one, one is an investment for the long term. Now, here's something that I, I also advocate for a lot of early stage founders. Do outbound as a service to figure out your market and your message, right? Mm. If, you, if you feel like you have product market fit because you had you know, 12 customers and 10 of them you went to elementary school with or you know, they're, they're your friends <laughs> and they're alumni I've of the same that. school. Yeah. So then you know, go, go put 20K into an outsourced service for three months. And let them set a bunch of meetings and you call the shots, you tell them who to target, you tell them what to say and see what comes from that before you go, you know, I'm going to hire two BDRs, I'm going to go get the sales tech stack, I'm going to do all that. And then, you know, kind of nail it before you scale it, which is a very, you know, I didn't create that term. I see it all over LinkedIn all the time. I love the term though. Yeah. Nail it before you scale it. Like don't, don't go heavy into it unless you've figured out how to go have conversations with strangers. Getting strangers mm. to be customers is your greatest sense of product market fit. I agree. Love that. Wrapping up, what piece of advice can you give to an early stage software leader and they're trying to grow, they're trying to scale, and they think, okay, cold calling might be our answer. What can you tell them, Kevin? Um, cold calling can only be your answer if um, you use technology. Let's just put it that way. Use technology, right? Now, why why do I say use technology? And I'm not even super picky about what technology you use, okay? I've got sponsors that are technology. I've got partners. I've got referral relationships everywhere. Use technology for cold calling the same way you think about using technology for email strategy and, and other things like that. You have to look into dialer tech, and you have to enable whoever's going to be on the phone like that. And there's a long list of reasons. I'll give you a few, right? The first is... It's really not that expensive because phone is so quick. Phone is so fast. Like you can get on the phone with a dialer tomorrow and have a conversation with this prospect. And you're like, oh my gosh, they're looking to buy. Boom. Like you can get such quick wins. So it's not very expensive for what you get from it. The next is uh, you're going to build a, a, an employee experience that people won't quit. 
like the problem is if you tell a kid right out of college right now to pick up his iPhone and pound 10 digits and, and wait for it to ring, he's going to quit in about six mm -hmm. months. Even the gritty ones will stick around for about six months, then they quit. So you want to use technology to enable the process to make it as easy as clicking a button and waiting to connect with people. Um, and if you can do that with that sort of emphasis, that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to uh, really have success on the phone. So use technology. Um, happy to have a, a, a consultative conversation with people who are uh, examining this, by the way, like I, 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 every first call is free. I don't charge for, you know, a, a 30 minute get to know you type thing. So if you're thinking about sales technology, you're thinking about dialers, reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn, hopconsultantgroup.com. Perfect. Well, I'll put all that information for where to get you into the show notes, or if you're on YouTube down in the description, you'll see that down there. But Kevin, this is awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Matt. I really do appreciate it. Um, I hope, uh, I hope it was valuable. <laughs> Super valuable. You shared some amazing stuff. I definitely know it's going to help a lot of teams, including our own team. My team will, will definitely watch this and make sure that they follow it. So thank you so much. And, and by the way, everybody out there, thanks for coming. Make sure you are subscribed to the show. Hit that subscribe button right now. That way you're not going to miss out on any other cool innovators and leaders like Kevin that are coming up. So do that. That way you'll get notified and then we'll see you next time. Take care.